values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Get your motor running. Welcome. It's uh, the Mike Broomhead Show. Happy Monday. Bottom of the hour, about 30 minutes from right now, we speak with Ron Wolfley about your Arizona Cardinals and what happened where the Cardinals could not score a touchdown at home in a loss in a division game to the world champion L.A. Rams. So we'll talk about that at 935. We start off, I, I talk about the border quite a bit. If you're new to the show, thanks. I appreciate you giving us some time on the show. I am about solutions, not just about problems. But we we are not looking at the border the way we should as a society as a whole, in my opinion. There are so many different angles and things that are happening at the border, and none of them seem to be good. So let me divide the camps for a moment. There is the border security camp that is furious and angry over what's happening to the American people in the small towns at the southern border. And they are furious, and they want the border locked down. They want the wall built. Technology, law enforcement officers, whatever it takes to lock down the border. Now, I know I'm generalizing. There is also the other camp that's focus is on the plight of the people that are coming here for a better life, coming from impoverished places all over the world, violent places all over the world that are seeking a better life. Now, they're not they are acknowledging that it's against American laws. They don't think that it necessarily should be. So there's the two camps. And when you blend the two of them together, you get the solution to the problems. But I want to talk about the problems and why it's so critical we get to a solution. I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. An Arizona woman smuggled hundreds of illegal immigrants across the border for $15,000 apiece. That's the kind of money the cartels are getting and are paying. So you know if the person smuggling the people across the border are getting 15 grand apiece, you know how much money is in this industry. She's 24 years old. She smuggled between 80 and 100 people through and uh, it, it went to uh, ended up in El Mirage. And uh, it was tipped off by a caller that said there are people being held captive in a house. So now we've got the kidnapping part of this I've talked about, the enslaving of people, people that were were kidnapped and kept in a home against their will in El Mirage. They pulled this woman over. She had a Guatemalan national with her. They, they ended up arresting a, 20, arresting a 24-year-old girl. If you want to read the story, um, there's one on KTAR.com. You can read it there um, about this happening. These are national stories. What seems to be the narrative from people, um, and this is the political narrative, let's go after Ron DeSantis, let's go after Governor Abbott, let's go after Governor Ducey. These people have been preyed upon. These people are being preyed upon long before they ever see an American face. Let's be very clear about where our outrage should be. You want to keep making this a political argument. You think you're going to make a political inroad in something that your party is losing on. Um, and I, this goes both ways, by the way. Uh, right now, I happen to be criticizing the approach by some of the operatives in the Democratic Party saying dissent is this and Abbott that and Ducey this. And no, hang on a minute. There are a couple of things you need to be made aware of. $15,000 this woman is getting. If these people had $15,000, they wouldn't need to come to America in many places. Um, Scottsdale becomes the first Arizona city to train staff to identify human trafficking victims. We now know the city of Glendale is preparing because when the Super Bowl comes, these mega events draw human traffickers. We are talking about women 
forced into and forced into staying in the sex industry. Young girls, you cannot call them, and this is, I was corrected about this, and the first time I heard it, it made so much sense, and I'd never use the phrase again. Do not call them underage prostitutes. There's no such thing. These are girls that are trapped. Sometimes they're afraid to get out. Sometimes they don't think they want to get out. You're talking about young girls that are in the sex trade. City of Scottsdale says, hey, we're a destination. Uh, I love the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I love the tournament. I love what they do, the Thunderbirds do for charity around Arizona. I love the party, but I love the purpose of that golf tournament. I think it is amazing. But you know when you have a major event like that, it draws an underbelly. Same thing with Super Bowl. Now, unfortunately, you see human traffic moving its way toward Vegas all the time when big events happen in Vegas. So it goes from Phoenix out to Vegas there. Well, during Super Bowl, and when you've got Super Bowl and the Open the same weekend here, this is a big part of it. City of Glendale's preparing. City of Phoenix made big bust. The FBI's been involved. Scottsdale is now training its employees to check it, to see it, recognize it, and do something about it because it's a major problem. And a lot of this is happening because of the southern border. So what ends up happening is when I start talking about the one million fentanyl pills that Phoenix PD found, this woman that got hammered for uh, human trafficking at $15,000 a clip, when we talk about human trafficking, what ends up happening in the political narrative is I get accused of saying that's what's coming across our border and that's who these people are. And then you have the human rights side of this where people say, well, you got to look at the good people. How can we look at the good people when we don't know who the good people are? The terrorists that are coming across our border, a record number of people caught at the border on the terror watch list. Every single American should be looking in this from the from the view That there is no good happening at the border right now. Fentanyl, a million pills in Phoenix, human trafficking, sex trafficking. At the same time, that's who's mixed in with the good people. And there are good people that want to come to this country. There are actually legitimate asylum seekers in the midst In their midst, there are legitimate asylum asylum seekers that are lumped in and crossing this border with those people. And they deserve asylum by American laws, by the benevolence and the goodness of the American people. We have established laws that allow people to come here and stay. And instead of us being able to identify them quickly and give them the asylum that they deserve, they are lumped in with people that are crossing our border for for illegitimate uh, claims. And many of them are criminals or forced into lives of crime. And we've done nothing. At what point? Do we stop saying they've been preyed upon when it's a Republican governor that does it and look at the fact that they've been preyed upon for a very long time before they ever reach the American border? Why aren't you as outraged about that and the policies that continue to make that happen? It's just it's it's infuriating to me because I've got my political leanings. You hear it every day on my show. But at what point do we ignore The reality of what's happening to stick to a political narrative. That's what's frustrating. In a moment, uh, we're going to go back to the economy. President Biden gets fact-checked on gas prices, but it's deeper than gas prices. We're going to talk about the potential for recession, what the stock market is doing because of that. All of it's coming up next.
own values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, a little throwback to my 70s rock and roll friends. A little smoke on the water. Um... President Biden gets fact check on gasoline prices. We talked about it earlier. The president said in 41 states, gasoline prices are under $2.99 a gallon, which is not true. So that was a big headline. He got fact checked by people. Does it mean he's out of touch? Does it mean he lied? What does it mean? Um, I will tell you, there none of it's good. And what I, I mean by that is that none of it's good from a position of perception. Either you believe he lied. Or you believe he's out of touch and doesn't know because he believed it when he said it, I think. I think he believed it when he said it. But these are numbers that he's reading off of a teleprompter. Um, So it it, it seems as if he's being fed things. I'm not saying – I'm saying that's the perception that's out there. The American people need to know that the leadership we elect is working in their best interest, and the Biden administration believes that they are. That, for me, is where the problem lies. When you are still focused solely on climate change, when that is the number one driver of your policies is climate change and not what's happening in the economy, that is when the American people get very frustrated and have every right to be, without a doubt. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm looking today, the Dow is down almost 190 points right now. It's at 29,401, which means, you know, we've fallen well below 30,000. We were at one point up around 37,000 is where I think we were a year ago. And so people are looking at this and saying there is this is horrible for America. But how far will it go? When the American people are still paying more for items, when we are still paying more for food, gasoline prices have ticked up just a little bit. There are concerns out there this winter. It could go up even higher. When you are when you are hearing John Kerry travel the world and say to other nations, he goes to African nations and tells them not to invest in natural gas products or projects, which will help bring electricity, bring power to the the cities and towns and villages in those African countries. And yet he flies around the world in a private jet, which you would, you know, a lot of people that are on that side think that's not big of a, that big of a deal. That is ultimately a big deal. That is messaging. If you are telling the American people, think small, what I mean by that is get smaller, smaller cars, more fuel efficient, fuel efficient appliances. We're going to up the fuel efficiency or the, uh, the energy efficiency of appliances. We are going to get rid of fluorocarbons, so refrigerators and air conditioners are going to go up in, in, in cost. Um, we want you to have you know micro houses, those tiny houses, small carbon footprint. As a matter of fact, we want to be able to track people's carbon footprints and then offset those carbon footprints with taxation. And you've got the guy leading that charge on behalf of the United States government traveling the world on a private jet. How, what do you think the size? I would love to know the square footage of the homes that John Kerry and his family own. I don't begrudge success. I'm a capitalist. I love successful people. I think driving through, I loved, I, I was at a great event this weekend at the Biltmore. Um, and driving into the Biltmore and seeing those palatial homes. I love that. And I think to myself, wow, imagine how they people, these people got this successful. Good for them. Not an ounce of jealousy in me. And what's interesting about this, um, maybe I should talk about that event for just a moment. 
It was for Circle the City, who I have talked about quite a bit. It was their 10th anniversary. And um, I got to meet Sister Adele, who started this organization. She actually had the idea about 20 years ago. Circle the City feeds and provides them for the medical needs of the homeless in Arizona. And what the work they do is miraculous. It is amazing, kind, um, I, I, just amazing work. I, I, I'm at a loss for words when you see the work that they do for people. And um, they're so valuable in this community. They are such an asset. And we were in a room at the Biltmore celebrating it with a bunch of affluent people who provide the resources and the money that they need so that these programs can continue. The Holly Foundation, which is the Discount Tire family, and the uh, the Parsons uh, Foundation, uh, Bob Parsons and his wife and their foundation, and uh, opening up a medical clinic, Hospice of the Valley, and how they've helped them get a building, and all of this uh, affluence that understands that there's a problem in working on a solution. And to be in that room with all of those people and have tears in your eyes to listen to the story, to see Sister Adele get up and speak about this topic and the concern of homelessness and how it's a growing problem, and it is. We all should be focused on addressing it. I mean, I believe that in my heart we should all be focused on addressing it. But what we shouldn't be doing is criticizing and punishing the affluent because of the problems of others, because in the, of what I've seen and what I saw that night was affluent people that recognize the problem and want to be a part of the solution. So the class warfare in this country, I think, is very unfair. What we should be looking at as a country is what policies allow for the most amount, the, the highest number of people to attain, attain success. And in my humble opinion, most of the time, that is the government getting out of the way, getting out of the way with taxation, getting out of the way with regulation and allowing the American people to do what they do best. And in this case, it's fix homelessness. It's address medical concerns for homeless people. And they're beautiful at it. And I just love the organization. I just do. Um, I should tell some more stories about it because it was it was really funny. Uh, some of it was actually uh, a fun night. But um, anyway, I may a little bit later on in the show if we have time. Ron Wolfley joins me in a moment. It's the uh, it's our segment about the Cardinals' bird's eye view. We're going to do that coming up in just a couple of moments. Broomhead talks Cardinals with color analyst and former Cards fullback Ron Wolfley. Oh, my digging the chili of what the Cardinals are mixing up. Bird's Eye View, brought to you by AZ Valley Windows, Arizona's most trusted window replacement company since 2004. All right, he joins me now, Ron Wolfley. Welcome back, Ron. What's up, bro? Um, all right, I'm going to open with this question. How does a team that did what they did on the road in the fourth quarter against the Raiders on a in a hostile crowd not score a touchdown at home in a division game? Yeah, that's a question we're all asking right now. It really is. When you talk about the Arizona Cardinals in the year 2022, you have to begin with the offense. It really is. And what's so perplexing about it, it's not like Kyler Murray is playing bad football. It's just the offense is playing poorly altogether, collectively. Once again, the protection isn't as good as it should be. It's not awful, but it's not as good as it should be. They're not running the ball the way that they should. 
man, it is. This is the thing that has got me so perplexed that this offense that I thought, when I look at the names, was going to be so talented, they're having a tough time moving the ball with any consistency, and that to me is discouraging. Seem to be. Um, uh, an excess of dropped balls yesterday as well. Dorch seemed to drop a couple of passes that he should have caught. Even Ertz seemed to drop a couple of passes that looked catchable. Uh, did you see it that way? Yeah, you know, the execution has been um, spotty for the Cardinals offensively. It has. Um, they haven't been physical enough on the line of scrimmage as far as I'm concerned in terms of running the ball. Uh, for me, I thought they were going to run the ball a lot more. I thought they were going to also run the ball a lot more effectively. If you go back to the first 12 weeks of 2021 and look at the offense that the Arizona Cardinals ran out of the field when they were 10-2, and two, if you go back and look at it, Brew, they ran the ball. They ran the ball. They were a very, very balanced team, and yet they ran the ball effectively. Right now, they're not running the ball effectively. It's not just DeAndre Hopkins, of course. DeAndre Hopkins, listen, they're a better team when D. Hop gets back. There's no doubt about that. Yet at the same time, I thought they were going to take this opportunity with no DeAndre Hopkins to actually go out and use a lot more two tight ends, especially now that your wide receiver room is a mess the way that it is with all the injuries they have in the wide receiver room that you would concentrate a little bit more on 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends with four tight ends on your roster. I thought they were going to have a more physical, high-powered offense that was built around that running game, and we have not really seen that. And you, I mean, playing the game as you did, maybe you can speak to this. They, they seemed out of sync, almost like they weren't sure what plays they were running. There was a, there was one play, I believe it was still in the first half, where they ran a quick screen to the right. It looked like to to Connor, and uh, yes. and he didn't even know the ball was coming. The ball hit him. He didn't yes. even know it was coming his way. How does that happen in professional football? What leads to that happening? That's just a mental error is what it is right there. It was an M.E., how he didn't know he was getting the ball. You know, it's amazing. They were trying to flare him right out of the backfield, and a flare is where you just go ahead and you run parallel, of course, to the line of scrimmage, and you look back at the quarterback. Zach Ertz was already cracking. He was already coming back to block um, the receiver or the defensive back, of course, and James Conner would have had a shot to make a play and um we all saw what happened it's just a mental error and yet this is what i think we're faced with right now when we look at the arizona cardinals um again i'll focus on the offensive side of the ball because anytime you give up 20 points that's all you give up your defense to the rams in particular Uh, There's no way in the world you should have lost that game, but it was the offense, the execution, not physically doing what it was that you were supposed to do, not mentally doing what it was that you were supposed to do. They do. They look discombobulated. I'm with you on that. And that falls on every guy that goes out offensively onto the field and every coach as well. And that's where, uh, because I want to talk defense in a minute for just a second, but uh, when a couple of weeks ago, when Cliff Kingsbury said we have to practice better, we have to be better, does it go back to dotting the I's and crossing the T's that week of practice before you step on the field to play a professional football game? 
Yeah, it does. But there's always so much more than just practice. It really is. Listen, I've been on some teams where you had a great week of practice, a great week of practice, and yet you lost by 21 points. Um, I've been on other teams where you've had lousy practices, and somehow, some way, you found a way to go out and win a game. And I think that's where the Cardinals are at this point in time. And it's not just practice, bro. It isn't. It's it's how much tape study you're doing. How are how are you preparing yourselves throughout the week? Are are you making sure you're off your feet? Are you taking that rest period when you need to do that? It's all of this. It all comes together, but ultimately it's are you ready to play and this is the most discouraging thing other than the offense it's how the team collectively starts games yeah <laughs> that to me is is what is brutal bro it's not just the offense starting slowly it's everybody and it was apparent last or yesterday when they got that punt blocked early on and that was a signal that they were not ready to play. Yeah, before I let you go, let's talk defense for just a moment because they gave up some big plays, especially in the running game. They gave up big plays, but for the most part, the defense looked like it stood up when it needed to. Like you said, they only gave up 20 points, and, and a couple of those drives, there was great field position for the Rams, but they seem like the defense seems to be kind of a bright spot for the Cardinals right now. You know, it's so that that's the thing that has got me totally perplexed. Yeah, they did give up a lot of yards per play, but the Rams only had 15 first downs in this game. The Cardinals had the ball much longer than the Rams, and to give up 20 points to Matthew Stafford in the defending Super Bowl champion. When your defense has a bunch of young guys that are trying to make their way and they're making their way slowly in the NFL and going through the process of becoming experienced NFL players, you would expect them to struggle Uh more than what we saw, and that's not been the case. It's been the offense, and once again, anytime you make an assumption that this is going to be the strength of your team and suddenly that isn't the case, man, everything else dissolves, through from that point forward. When the assumption is not true, when it's not accurate, the assumption that the offense was going to carry this team, now all of a sudden everything else breaks down. Yeah, and let's, uh, let's acknowledge one thing. Cooper Cup is the real deal in the NFL. Oh, my goodness. I love watching that kid play. Watch him every play. I know. Every play, he's trying. Every play, he's giving you everything he's got, whether he's got the ball or not. Yeah, elite skill set, but also that elite attitude of a competitor. Yeah, he does. It's body, soul, and spirit, man. It's not just what you bring physically to the field. It's also what you bring from a soul perspective and a spirit. Amen. Wolf, I appreciate the time. As always, look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, brother. All right, that is Ron Wolfley from uh, Arizona Sports on the Wolf and Luke Show. And uh, we'll have him back next week for Bird's Eye View. I I just love talking to Ron. I always talk to Ron about anything. When I see him here in the building, I can talk to him about anything. But especially listen to his perspective about football, having played the game as long as he had, is is just so much fun. So I'm glad he's doing this with us every week. In a moment, new laws that are taking effect in Arizona that may affect you. We'll talk about those coming up in just a moment. (laughs) 
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, please do it. It's very simple to do. Never miss a minute of the show. And you can listen at your convenience. And I want to thank uh, my friends this week for sponsoring. It's King K2, King Lasik and K2 Vision RLE, the best vision for the Valley. Schedule your free consult at KingK2Vision.com. So I was going to talk about these laws. I want to talk about something else for just a moment. Maybe I'll get to these stories or not. I always get sidetracked as soon as I see something shiny. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. I had a great weekend. It was a very busy weekend for me. Um, but it was really a fantastic weekend. And I saw three things this weekend in no particular order, not best to worst or, or you know, any, or whatever. I, just three things that happened in the order they happened. I mentioned earlier I was at Circle the City uh, at their, their celebration, their 10th anniversary celebration. And seeing how this organization began and seeing where it is now, if you don't know what Circle the City is, you got to see it. Homelessness is a problem all over the country, and it is a growing problem here. Um, that doesn't mean that we warehouse people or, or we – I just – homelessness has a face and a name for me. I've talked about this so many times. My cousin Kenny, who was like a brother to me when we were growing up, he was older than I was. Um, Kenny became homeless when his mother passed away. My aunt died. And uh, he just went off the rails and became homeless and didn't want to get off the streets. But Kenny suffered from seizures. Now, Circle the City serves the medical needs of homeless people. And it is uh, – and not only is it like when someone gets sick, but what about COVID? They were doing COVID testing and they were doing quarantining and doing things to keep it from spreading like wildfire in that community as well. But uh, my cousin died in a homeless camp. And uh, was it an overdose? Was it a seizure? Well, I don't know the answer to that. But would um, my cousin still be alive had it been if there were services available to him like there are at Circle the City? It was an amazing night to see so many people gathered. And uh, I got introduced to speak. Um, uh, and it was about my political differences with some of the people in the room. Greg Stanton was there and some others were there. But it was nice to realize that all of us were so like-minded in, in this realizing this organization does so many great things in the community. And it really is a great nonprofit. Check out Circle the City. Um, the second thing that happened was the uh, Gold Star Family Memorial induction at Wesley Bolin Plaza. Debbie Lee, uh, America's Mighty Warrior. Her son Mark was killed, a Navy SEAL that was killed um, in Iraq. And uh, to um, to speak with her and be standing beside her as I emceed this. And then all of the Gold Star families in Arizona who were invited um, lined up at the end of the ceremony. And they were given a rose and a big gold star to write their troops name on. And they were all laid at the base of this memorial. Um, was such a beautiful ceremony. It was really warm. But so many people came out to see and watch and, and honor the men and women that have paid the ultimate price in Arizona. It's a beautiful memorial. I would recommend that if you haven't ever been to Wesley Bolin Plaza to see the memorials that are there. It would be a great field trip with you and your kids or grandkids now that the weather's getting nice, including this memorial to Gold Star families. Uh, a lot of people don't know a Gold Star family is someone that has lost someone in combat. Now, I am a Gold Star brother. My brother was killed on Memorial Day of 03. Debbie Lee lost her son. My friend Margie Bonds lost her son Michael. Um, there were so many of those families that had suffered that, spouses and siblings and children. And it was so nice to see the state of Arizona recognize it. I don't need a memorial. Let me be very honest about this. Um, I love it. I'm so happy that it's there. But families like mine do not need Memorial Day, nor do we need a memorial to remember the sacrifice that our family has made. 
memorials are for families that have not necessarily suffered that kind of a loss for you to be reminded of the service and the sacrifice and i'm so thrilled that arizona allowed this memorial to be at wesley bowling plaza it's a beautiful memorial it was so it was just terrific so i hope you'll go out to wesley bowling plaza so that's the second thing i saw this weekend and the third may seem insignificant or inconsequential in comparison to the other two I was at the Cardinals game yesterday, and right before the beginning of the game, I ran up to get some food, and I was at the concession stand. And I, I honestly, I have season tickets. I'm always in the stadium. I'm in my seats for the national anthem. I just happened to be that I wasn't back to my seat yet for the national anthem. I had gotten something to eat and was over getting napkins or something. When the anthem started, everybody on the concourse on the club level, and I'm sure it was in every, every other level, everybody on the concourse stopped what they were doing, including the people working behind the counters, making the food, preparing and serving the food. Everybody stopped. It was absolutely silent on the concourse. Everybody, all the, everybody removed their hats, hands over their hearts, and it was really cool to see the workers. Everybody that's got these huge lines of people and people ordering food, they all stopped, took off their hats, faced the televisions or where the flags were, and sang the national anthem or at least recognized the national anthem. And then when it was over, everybody on the con- concourse cheered. We grabbed our food. They went back to work, and everybody enjoyed the beginning of the game because we didn't enjoy the end, <laughs> but we did enjoy the beginning of the game. So those were three things I saw this weekend that were so moving and touching to me. Um, and the Cardinals thing may seem insignificant, but it isn't. I still believe that it – and I don't I, – I love Cardinals football. I love football, but the fact that you don't know people's politics, I I don't want to know. I don't care. We were there as fans, and as Americans for a moment, we paused, and we recognized our national anthem. Now, you would think you're walking to your seat. You're waiting to get your food. People are waiting in line. They don't want to miss the beginning of the game, and instead of hurriedly trying to get people their stuff so they could get to their seats, everybody stopped. It's the first time I've seen it because I'm normally in my seat. Very cool. Three very cool things. So a big, big thank you to Circle the City for having me. Uh, a big thank you, of course, to Debbie Lee and all the people that did the work to get the Gold Star Family Memorial at Wesley Bowling Plaza. And uh, to all the Cardinals fans, that was a pretty cool thing to see. Coming up after 10 o'clock, uh, the, we're going to talk about polling. What are pollsters saying about the midterm elections? I've got one website that says the opposite things on the same site. We'll talk about it in a moment.